0: Thank you, Stephen. That was beautiful. Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you're here worshiping with us today. My name is Kurt Davis. I'm the Associate Pastor of Community Engagement and Program Development. And uh, I want to invite you to do something. At the end of your row, there is a booklet. If you'd open that and sign in, we would love to have a record of your uh, attendance here today. Uh, And if there's somebody sitting in your row that you don't know yet, this would be a great chance to look at the names there and maybe even greet uh, that person by name before the service is over. Today. If you are worshiping with us online, if you're on the live stream on the website, uh, I want to invite you to register your attendance there as well. Uh, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle above the video screen that says register your attendance. If you'll click that, fill out the form, come on back, and if you're on Facebook Live, uh, you can register on the event page itself. Well, a few things I wanted to let you know about that are happening here in the life of the church. Uh, first, Children's Ministry, we are inviting you, uh, all of you families, to, uh, if you'll fill out a questionnaire and a form. Can we have that up on the screen here? Thank you so much. If you can fill out the Children's Ministry registration and questionnaire uh, on the Children's Ministry uh, page of the website, that would be fantastic. As we come back to all the different ways that we are going to be gathering, whether hybrid, in person, all that, this questionnaire will greatly help us as we uh, uh, forge forward into the fall. Uh, Next thing, uh, the back-to-school water bash is happening tomorrow. We've changed the format. Uh, This has gone to uh, uh, timed segments where families can come and hang out together. But in order to um, slow the spread and to be as safe as we possibly can, we've changed the format. It is not an open come anytime during the event. It is sign up ahead of time. All those slots are full. All the folks from Westlake UMC who did sign up to be part of the event were uh, given the opportunity to pick a slot uh, and that's all settled. But I'm sorry to say all of our slots are filled, which is a great thing uh, because we're gonna be hanging out with a whole bunch of people from our community at Boulder Trail Park uh, in the Lost Creek neighborhood tomorrow afternoon from five to seven. And there will be some great barbecue and water slides, and it'll just be an absolute blast. Uh, But I just wanted to let you know, uh, if you do come out, I'm so sorry. It's not open like it used to be, but we're still going to have a lot of fun. So thank you for being flexible uh, and all that. Thank you. Uh, one last thing. Our youth ministry, uh, our youth ministry, is doing some fun stuff coming up uh, throughout the end of the summer. Here on Wednesday, August twenty-fifth, uh, they're participating in this really cool Color Wars event in partnership with uh, Westlake Hills uh, Presbyterian Church. Uh, so Wednesday, August twenty-fifth, it's going to be awesome. Ten bucks. A blast, and then uh, there's going to be a fun little painting extravaganza in uh, to to spruce up the youth room. It's going to be fantastic on Saturday, August 28th. And of course, plans can change because of COVID, but uh, uh, but we just want to let you know that those things are on the calendar, and we are excited excited about them. So happy Sunday, everybody! Great to be in worship with you today.
1: Good morning, everyone. Our opening hymn today is Jesus Calls Us from the United Methodist Hymnal number 398. Let's stand and sing through our hearts only this morning. Please join me.
2: Good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor, and I'm so glad you're all here to worship with us this morning. Those of you here in the room, and of course, those of you who are joining us online. As we gather together this morning to worship God, let us be called to worship, speaking the words in yellow as they appear. Come, be nourished by the words and witness of Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of the bread of life, and hunger no more. We are grateful for Jesus Christ, who has given to us this this Come, let us worship and rejoice. Let us sing
1: our
3: to
2: God. Amen. We gather in the name of Christ, and Jesus shares with us his deep peace. I want to invite us to turn, and in socially safe ways... Share the peace of Christ with one another. Peace of Christ be with you all.
1: Like to invite the children, those who are young at heart, and all the children at home to gather around for children's time. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.
3: Good morning. I'm so glad you guys are all here. And for the kiddos, hopefully watching at home, I'm so glad you guys joined us today. So today is an exciting day because we are blessing the backpacks for the children. Um, And since we had some kiddos in the first service, but um, we will be praying over the kids that have already started school or are starting school this week um, in our community and all over um, the world as well. So, um, obviously, when we start school, there are some big feelings that sometimes come, especially now. Um, so, we are just going to pray for all these kids um, that they know that God is always with them and loves them um, and knows what they're feeling and is there to help them. So, um, in the first service, we passed out these backpack tags. Do you want to do what they say? Yep. So, these tags say, Be loved be kind, be you. And that's a really important message. It reminds us that God loves us no matter what. It reminds us to be kind to everyone. And it reminds us that we're each uniquely created by Christ and no one can take that away from us and no one can change that. So for those of you joining online, we would love to give you tags. Um, Those in the first service got their tags. And um, we will be giving them out at the back to school bash tomorrow in Lost Creek. Or you can connect with any of the staff members or ministry team and we can get one to you. Um, So we are going to do a blessing over the children. Um, So if you guys wanna hold up your hands or hold out your hands, Um, to bless these kids Um, I'm gonna say when I say God help us um, you respond with be loved be kind be you Um, it'll be in yellow up on the screen Um, so may these tags help remind us that God is always present with us in our backpacks um, we carry blank pages pencils crowns and on our hearts we carry feelings unanswered questions and hopeful expectations may these bags carry us through what this new year might bring and what it might look like who we might meet and who we might become god help us be loved be kind be you be with us as we ride the bus as we walk to school as we buckle our seat belts, zip up jackets tie our shoes however we get to school and whatever we wear bless this journey into something new god help us be loved be kind be you bless our parents our caregivers our teachers and our helpers may they have the strength and compassion to help us with all of our activities um, all the things that they teach us and Um, all of our big feelings God help us be loved be kind be you Amen thank you
2: Let us pray. Holy Spirit, consume our hearts that we might become grace for the world. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died but the one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, I am a chocoholic. Anybody who knows me at all knows this. I love chocolate, especially chocolate ice cream. Both of my grandfathers fed my obsession. My mom's dad owned a grocery store and ran it, and every evening that I was at his house, which was pretty frequent, he would bring home a Hershey's chocolate bar for me. My dad's dad constantly kept the freezer stocked with Breyers chocolate ice cream anytime I was going to come visit, and every evening after dinner we'd scoop up two huge bowls and go sit on the back screened-in porch or in the living room where we watched (laughs) hee-haw, or Lawrence Welk. One time in Myrtle Beach, my family went to an ice cream parlor where you could build your own sundae. I had two heaping scoops of chocolate ice cream on top of a chocolate brownie, and then proceeded to top that with every single chocolate topping they had, plus whipped cream. I made myself pretty sick that day. As a first grader, I got caught sitting on the kitchen counter where I'd climbed up so I could reach the freezer and sneak the ice cream out. I was sitting there eating it right out of the container. I have heard many times, you know, Tracy, you're going to turn into chocolate the way you eat it. You are what you eat. That's what we say, right? In the early 1800s, a French gastronomist said, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. This idea was later picked up by a German philosopher in the 1860s when he wrote that man is what he eats. And then in the US in the early 1900s, a series of nutritionists began to emphasize the connection between our health and what we eat. And then when the hippies adopted this saying in the 60s, its familiarity really took off. There are some people who attribute this idea All the way back to Hippocrates, the great Greek physician born in the 5th century BCE. He said, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. Apparently, he knew what he was talking about. He lived to be 90 years old. You are what you eat. Of course, I have not actually turned into chocolate. We've never taken the idea literally. It's hyperbole. We understand that what is meant is that food, that the food one eats, it affects you. It has a bearing on one's health. It has a bearing on your state of mind. What we eat has a significant impact on our lives. Based on today's scripture, it seems that Jesus understood this adage very clearly. And he was the master of hyperbole. He often exaggerated in order to drive a point home, and he is desperate to make this particular point to these particular people. He's speaking to the same crowd that he fed with five loaves and two fishes just a day before. Do you all remember that story? Thousands of people had gathered in the countryside. They were following him because they had seen or heard about these signs that he was performing, these miraculous signs that were resulting in healings uh, from the sick. Well, they're all gathered there on the countryside, and dinnertime rolls around, and they are famished. So, Jesus blesses this modest meal, and suddenly five loaves of bread and two fish become a feast for more than 5,000 people. Well, this, the story in our scripture, is just the day after that miraculous picnic, and the crowd has followed Jesus across the sea to Capernaum. Jesus, though, is a little bit suspicious of their motives. He says in the verses leading up to the verses we read today, You're looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. The crowds following him have become obsessed with the food he has to offer, but sadly, not with him. They haven't quite realized that he has more to offer than full bellies. I think Jesus is just a little bit disappointed by their inability to perceive that the real gift is not the bread, but the giver of bread, Jesus himself. United Methodist Bishop Will Willimon preaches that in John's gospel, we are encouraged not simply to follow Jesus, which is difficult enough in itself, nor simply to be with Jesus, but we are to consume him. The Greek word translated in our scripture today as eat can also be translated as to consume. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says this in as many ways as he knows how. He's adamant, consume me and have eternal life. One of the things that we have to keep in mind anytime we're reading scripture is that there's more than one audience. There's a second audience that we need to keep in mind. There's the original audience, the immediate audience that Jesus is talking to, But there's also the audience for whom the author of John's gospel was writing. John's gospel is written for a church that is dividing against itself. This gospel was written later than any of the other gospels and the debate within the Jewish community around who Jesus was had escalated in the decades since Jesus's death and resurrection. Up until this point, All Jews had continued to worship together in the synagogue, regardless of how they understood who Jesus was. But by the time John writes his gospel, those who believed Jesus was the Messiah and those who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah had begun begun to part ways. John's author is writing in the context of a church split, which is a huge deal, especially for those who are leaving the synagogues. For late first and early second century Jews, disassociating yourself from the synagogue could mean severed family ties. It could mean a loss of a job, loss of livelihood. There was a lot at stake for those leaving the synagogues. Those who left the synagogues were also more vulnerable to Roman law. Jews were allowed to practice their own religion and they were exempt from laws that compelled others to practice Roman worship. Prior to the legalization of Christianity, much of Christian worship was practiced in secret to protect them, and secrets always arouse suspicion. Many early Christian persecutions were based, in part at least, on concerns by pagans who were suspicious that Christians were practicing cannibalism because they heard the Christians they knew talking about eating and drinking the body and blood of Christ. So there's a lot at stake for John's listeners. Will they risk their lives and livelihoods for the sake of their belief in Jesus? Will they remain faithful at the expense of financial security, physical safety, relationships with family and friends? Will they risk arrest or worse for the sake of their belief in Jesus? Will they continue to pursue Christ What will they consume? The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, Jesus says. Eat me and have eternal life. Ah, wouldn't the Christian faith be easier, reflects Bishop Willimon, if it were a matter of mere belief or intellectual assent? No, today's rather scandalously carnal incarnational gospel reminds us that Jesus intends to have all of us, body and soul. His truth wants to burrow deep within us, to consume us as we consume him, to flow through our veins, to be digested, to nourish every nook and cranny of our being. You are what you eat. And it seems what you consume consumes you. It boils down to really the same thing for both Jesus' immediate audience and the gospel writer's audience and even for the contemporary audience, for you and me for that matter. Will we consume food that perishes or food that promises eternal life? The bread that has come down from heaven jesus christ as 21st century americans we know all about consuming our way of life depends upon it we are expert consumers we're constantly consuming something convinced that it will fill us up we consume stuff we consume consume entertainment news social media alcohol drugs, chocolate, we fill ourselves and our lives to the point of distraction, hoping to find fulfillment, hoping to find life that is full and rich and meaningful. And what we consume does consume us. What we consume begins to frame our worldview. It begins to shape our priorities. Y'all, I've been known to go to extraordinary lengths for chocolate, especially chocolate ice cream. One time, my very favorite ice cream stopped showing up at my local grocery store. So I hunted down the store manager and asked him what was up, where was my ice cream? He did a little bit of research. We had phone calls back and forth. Finally, he said to me, I can't get it anymore. So I called the corporate office of the ice cream company and I explained them to them my dilemma. I can't find your ice cream. It used to be in my store. Where is it? We went back and forth, exchanged some emails, until finally I found another store that wasn't too far away where I could go and buy my favorite ice cream. I also have a really hard time imagining a celebration without chocolate. In my mind, it's not fun if there's not chocolate there. And don't even think about messing with my chocolate dessert by doing something bizarre like adding fruit to it. I can get pretty irritable when I want chocolate and I can't find it, or when it's not the kind of chocolate that I want. I found that all these things are true of my spiritual life as well. If I'm not consuming The word of God, if I'm not consuming scripture, reading scripture, studying scripture, letting scripture read me, I begin to lose sight of Jesus. I can't find him. I have to search harder, put more effort into finding him. When I don't make time to pray, when I don't make time to just abide in Christ as he invites us to do in this scripture today, I can get really irritable. I fail to see the world and all of God's people framed by God's grace. I fail to behave gracefully. I forget that my flesh is created in God's image, and it is meant to be consumed, used up for God's loving and redemptive purposes. So the question for us, I think, is... What are we consuming or what have we consumed that has shaped who we are, how we think, what we feel, what we believe, how we speak and act, what and who we value? Is what we're consuming consuming us? And if so, is that a good thing? The prophet Malachi proclaims, as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. When we consume Christ, Christ consumes us. And his love, like a refiner's fire purifies our souls. His grace shapes us, remakes us into the beloved and loving children of God we were created to be, remakes us into those who, having consumed and been consumed by Christ, become food for the world, heavenly bread, through whom God can sustain and redeem life true life, eternal life, promised by God to all of creation. You are what you eat. May we all feast on the bread of heaven. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Tracy. Well, now we prepare our hearts to give as an act of worship and gratitude for all that God has given to us. And it is so much. We are so blessed and we are so thankful. Uh, I wanted to share that there are a few ways that you can give to support the work and ministry of Westlake United Methodist Church. First, you can go to our website, westlake-umc.org. You can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts, which is easy. It's convenient. It's what my family does. Uh, you can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. You'll receive a message with a link to give. Uh, you, can give uh, you can give by mailing a check to the church at any time that's convenient for you. And if you're worshiping here in person with us, uh, there will be an offering plate out in the narthex on your way out as we worship today. Well, I want to welcome our friend Jerry Gordon, who is here. He's going to share a fantastic story about why he gives at Westlake UMC. Would, would you help me uh, welcome Jerry Gordon?
4: Well, Linda and I have been members of our church, Westlake United Methodist Church, for 27 years. We joined this church uh, as soon as I was transferred to Austin. And we're both lifetime, lifelong Methodists. In fact, we were married over 52 years ago in a Methodist church in Henderson, Texas. I believe in the Methodist church and i am proud to give my money and my effort to this church. I believe that the money our church pays in apportionments is spent wisely helping people both globally and locally. I'm proud to help financially support our wonderful church staff that is such a blessing to us. I was a member of the trustees for three years, and I was amazed at how much money is required for building structural maintenance, air conditioning, systems, gym repairs, just like at home, the list. Goes on and on. Stewardship in all its forms has been a blessing to me. Over the years, I've been proud to serve on various projects and committees sponsored by this church. And I especially enjoyed uh, being on our Westlake UMC truck crew for Mobile O's and Fishes for somewhere between 12 and 15 years. Or for long as my uh, multiple sclerosis would permit. I'm currently a Stevens minister. Being part of an active Sunday school class, a Tuesday morning men's group, and a Thursday morning men's Emmaus group has helped me grow as a Christian. This church has provided the opportunity for my growth my Christian growth, although I know I've still got a long way to go, but no doubt our prayers, money, and work are making a difference. Activities such as the Kairos ministry, youth mission trips, any baby can, the women's storybook project, the repair of homes damaged by floods and hurricanes, and so many other activities of this church provide Countless opportunities for being good stewards. And I know I probably left out, I know I left out some groups there, but I'm very proud to be in the company of people in this church who give and do so much. So I want to be part of that effort, and I encourage you to be part of that effort as well.
1: Passing by, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, and live. Now your burdens lifted and carried far away, and precious. Can you?
0: Thank you, Nina and Steven. That was beautiful. Well, as an expression of our love for each other, our community and our world, let's pray for one another. And if you're worshiping online with us, I wanna invite you to offer any joys or concerns that you might have in the chat or the comment section. Let's pray together. God, we celebrate some wonderful uh, wedding anniversaries. The 60th for Saza and Dudley Dobie. The 58th for Jim and Margie Lindsay. The 53rd for jerry and janie layman the 47th for pete and danny morford the 30th for diana and tim Bouchon, the 30th for sarah and tony benton the 17th for donna and john viacis we celebrate the birthdays of louise morse number 96 <laughs> kyle bennett nancy kennedy mary lucas kathy mcintyre joseph cox chuck gauchi susan landers David Newbert, Karen Priest, Sophie Webster, Javier Corona, Gladys Skaggs, 102, and many more. We give thanks for staff anniversaries. Gina Hernandez, beginning her 20th year as our assistant director of the preschool, and Nina Revering, beginning her third year as our director of music and worship. We give thanks for Kelly Brewer and Ashley Mangold as they step in to shepherd our children's and youth ministries in the interim. We give thanks for all those who give of their time and efforts in volunteer service here in the church and beyond in our community. We give special thanks for Glenda Summers, leading the recycling efforts uh, through plastic film donations, for class and small group leaders, for committee members, for our church-wide cleanup team, and for the Back to School Water Bash volunteers tomorrow. As cases of COVID-19 spike all over, we give thanks for all of the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength, and may they know our support. God, we offer you our concerns. You are the healer, and you hear our cries to be made whole in body, mind, and spirit. God, you understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing. And we know that you are with us and will direct us. And God, today we pray especially for Marky Duncan. May these last moments of her life be filled with peace and rest and comfort and love. And may Janine and Jay Brim know that comfort as well. And God, may your comfort and peace be felt, especially for those who grieve in any way. Let's take the next few moments to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us, and let's do so in these following moments of silence. Holy Wisdom, God of abundant life, you call us to the banquet of your love. We find you in the gifts you give. We know you in the ones with whom we share this holy food and in the bread of this table, your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we may be bread for others as he is bread for us. And now with faith and conviction, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Our closing hymn this morning is in the faith we sing number 2129 I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Stand and join me please. I have decided
2: the bread that has come down from heaven feast on me and you will have eternal life we go out this week knowing that in and through us God pours grace into the world we are the bread through whom God can provide sustenance and redemption for the world We go now knowing the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now and remain with us always. Amen.